you're about to get lucky with the Bare Naked Money Podcast, the show that gives you the naked truth about personal finance with your hosts, Josh Shellick, Portfolio Manager with WLWP Wealth Planners IA Private Wealth, and Colin White, Portfolio Manager with Varican Capital Management, Inc. All right, all right, all right. Stand by for the next incoming episode of Bare Naked Money. Uh, Colin and Josh here driving the ship. Well, actually, Josh just told me he's giving me the keys to the bus to this one. So uh, apparently Josh is going to be the back of the bus for this, this particular episode because this one's my idea. It's, I guess this is the first time in a while I've had an idea. It's Josh. It's it's, uh, it's a novel thing for us, for you to have an idea. It's, well, I can't I can't say it's my own idea. It uh, is an article that I read in the Globe, which kind of triggered a LinkedIn post that I made uh, earlier today or yesterday was, uh, and it's the whole conversation about uh, the mortgages coming up for renewal. This is a bit of a big deal. Uh, we're starting to see clients you know, struggle with conversations about what do you do when your mortgage payment jumps by 25%? You, know, you get an extra $1,000 a month in mortgage payment. What do you do about that? Josh, do you think this is scary? Yeah, it is scary. I, I would say so. For a lot of people out there, for us looking at financial situations, it can be scary too. And I think a lot of people are living with this in real time because they are on variable rate mortgages. And the last year and a half, they've seen this happen slowly but surely, death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other people who've got, uh, who locked in at lower rates that are coming up for renewals and they're now being faced with a, a financial decision. We in the accounting world would call this a material amount of money. This, this is this is amount of money that uh, is going to change your path. I think is a fair way to describe this. So you know, there's there, there's some writing out there about how to minimize this or get by or put a bandaid over it. Um, but we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive and talk about the actual choices that you can make at a time like this because this is material enough that you know it may cause you to change some of your spending priorities some of your goals because you know again your mortgage is going to cost you more so i think fundamentally josh at the beginning there's there's basically two choices either you are going to you know take the short term pain and keep on your existing path to amortize things the way things are going and and take the extra mortgage payment out of other discretionary spending and keep keep the boat on the same path or you're going to make the choice to increase the amortization uh, on your mortgage and continue to pay the same amount longer and keep your current lifestyle intact. In, in do you think that's a fair, a fair comparison or a fair fork in the road? Yeah, it's it almost comes down to a short term versus long term thing. Where do you want the pain to be? Do you want it to be in the near term by tightening your belt a little bit now and making the increased mortgage payments, or do you want it to be a long term thing? Kick the can down the road. 20 years from now, when your mortgage should be up for renewal, you still have payments for another five years just to make up a number. So where do you want the pain to be now or in the future? Most people, I know I know what the answer is going to be. That might not be the right answer or the best answer for them, though. Oh, oh so we're going to pass judgment. I love this part. So Josh, which is the right way to do it? It depends. It depends. Oh. Yeah. There, You're look, going there, to allow people free will? Well, I think you have to you have to understand that if if you're doing the kick the can down the road type of approach, the can is going to grow over time. It's not going to be the same size can. It, it actually kind of snowballs a little bit because you, now you're paying more interest on your, your debt over, over time than you would be if your amortization is left at the same, same length. So 
it's it's hard for us to say what's right and wrong because it's very individual. Like maybe you're just really tight. I'll, I'll give a more tangible example for people. Maybe your kids are going to be out of the house in five years. Right now, you're paying for a lot more. You're paying for university. You're paying for your 20-year-old son to eat you out of house and home. Uh, you're paying for a whole bunch of stuff. You're, you're supporting them by giving them car payments or whatever it is. And five years from now, your cash flow situation changes dramatically. Well, in that situation, it could make a lot more sense to say, you know what? I'm just going to kick the can down the road because it's too hard to tighten my belt right now. But it's a lot easier. We have visibility that it's going to be a lot easier in the future. What you don't want to be is in that situation where you say, well, I'm just going to kick the can down the road and hope it gets better at some point in the future without any real plan or visibility on that happening. Because that that gets you into a bit of a spiral. Well, it could be five more years of creating memories with the kids while they still want to travel with you, doing family vacations and stuff like that. I mean, again, this is... And then and Josh, this is a big moment because I know Josh is personal answer to this. Josh is all about the pain now. Like now that's 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 hardcore where Josh lives. So <laughs> this is a big moment that he's willing to accept that there's other paths forward. So this is I'm I'm kind of proud right now. I was giving him the rope. I was afraid of where he was gonna go with it. I, I'm a bit sadistic that way, Colin, but I know most <laughs> other people aren't. So <laughs> there, there, there you go. No, it's it's a very personal choice, which is why I get a little bit frustrated and perhaps short with you know these you know the five things you need to do right now articles that are out there about telling people that either side you know there's there's articles out there that are going to say absolutely you have to increase your amortization or absolutely you do, you've got to tighten your your belt now because yeah it, it is a deeply personal choice and there there can be effective ways to do it both ways but I think the danger would be to kick the can down the road and not change your expectations for what down the road looks like right because at the end of the day this is an expectations game. If you're saying, oh, this isn't a problem, I'm just going to increase my amortization, and you don't follow it up with the next sentence, if you don't follow it up with the, but I will have to deal with this, if you if you don't have that expectation, now you're creating yourself a problem. But, you know, who knows, five years from now, maybe the interest rates are going to go below 1%, Josh, you know, ever think of that? I ha- actually have thought about it, and it wouldn't be totally unprecedented, because during the last five years, we've heard about negative interest rates on mortgage in other areas of the world. But I would be, I, you know, we all we often say we shouldn't be surprised about things, but that's one thing I will go on the record is I would be surprised if your mortgage rate five years from now is under five percent uh, under one percent, because I don't think policymakers want to go back there with interest rates. No, but well, the other thing I would say is, yeah, it could happen. I, I'm not going to count on it. I'm not going to say that that's my base case scenario going forward uh, because that I think is delusional. You know, you can accept the possibility of something like somebody may walk in today and drop off $50,000 of small unmarked bills, non-sequential as a gift, you know, that, that that's possible. I'm not going to count on it. I'm not going to make any plans around that event happening, but you know, again, What's possible versus what you should hope for or plan for, you know, those are two different things. And, and you're also not going to accept it because you know how that as an investment advisor, accepting cash is a big no-no. Yeah, well, I, think I wasn't going to invest it in their name. I was, accept, I was accepting as a gift for myself just from a random stranger. You know, a, complete, <laughs> okay. a complete random. Complete random. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, yeah, so we can still hope for that, I guess. Yeah. But but again, it's in some of the products that come out of this, and this, and this is another part of the conversation, the financial industry can see this as an opportunity to launch different kinds of products that seemingly give you the best of all worlds. Like Josh, 
negative amortization was what was the term that was in that article you just read? Well, yeah, that this is the article that you posted is asking or talking about negative amortization. So what what is amortization? We should just go back to amortization. Amortization is you're paying off the principal and the interest of your loan over time. So in 20 or 25 years or 30 years from now, whatever your amortization period is, that loan's done. You've paid everything off. Well, negative amortization, it means the 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 duration of that loan just extends. And it extends and extends and it extends because you're not paying enough on a monthly basis to even cover the interest costs. Yeah, and, and that could be positioned as, hey, you get the same monthly mortgage payment and your mind says, ooh, as long as I'm making a mortgage payment, I'm getting better off. When in actual fact, your mortgage is just getting bigger and bigger every month. Now, that that has a whole other level of risk to it. I mean, there's the, yeah, you're not paying anything off, so you've got nice, comfortable payments for the rest of your kids' lives. But you also open yourself up to being over-levered. And financial institutions are a little bit particular over lending more money on something than it's actually worth. And that's the kind of conversation that can be pretty abrupt. Yeah. Like, and just you know, for the yeah. money back. Just for the record, you are not the government of Canada. So, so you can't just continue to borrow more and more money and have your debt burden grow and grow and grow in perpetuity. At some point, this is going to become an issue for you. So again, like this is something that needs to be paid back at some point over your lifetime, over your lifetime. Uh, and at some point, if, if that debt burden continues to grow, which essentially is what a negative amortization is, that can be problematic for you if there's not something that changes along the way. Yeah. So, so we should revisit the conversation that you are not the government of Canada, you are not the Canada Pension Plan, you're not Sidney Crosby, you're not Warren Buffett. So, do not behave as any of those entities. You know, <laughs> you have mortality. You actually have a mortality. Like, there's going to be a point when you know you cease to exist, and leading up to that point, you're going to have to square or. The, the lenders in your life are going to expect that you square up your debts. So there's a timeline on this and timelines do change everything. Yeah. And and just for the record, I, I'm pretty sure City Crosby is mortal as well. Not yes. sure. Not so sure about Warren Buffett. That guy's 90 and still we're going to work every day. So he might truly be immortal, but I'm not sure. But the other thing that I said to you about this negative amortization thing is it's absolutely terrifying for me is this was a big thing in the 2006, seven, eight real estate collapse in the US. Negative amortization. I don't know how big it was. Uh, I don't know what percentage of, of loans were, were negative, negatively amortizing. I do know it was, it was something that was prominent back then and made no sense to me at the time and still makes no sense to me. The one difference I would say now versus then is at that time, they were actually issuing these loans as negative negatively amortizing, which is insane. At least today, to my knowledge, we're not issuing any loans that way. Yeah, the, the other interesting thing from back in the day is interest rates actually went negative because there was all these prime minus mortgage out there and the, the prime dropped to the point that the minus turned to negative. And apparently it broke some computers in the UK because it actually happened over there. And then the computer was trying to calculate a negative interest rate on a mortgage. And it didn't work, you know. So there, there was lots of odd things. Hopefully, we've learned from what what we went through in two thousand and eight. I hope so too. I hope so too. I'm not sure that we have, but I think we have. Well, listen, I don't think there's been a more real palpable example of the role that a 
good financial advice can play in making financial decisions. I think that it would be very dangerous now because, again, the financial industry will respond with products and or simplified solutions that are appealing um, at a time like this. You know, there's 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 a lot of stress out there. There's people that are feeling the pressure, like they're sitting at home going, oh my God, everything that I have is 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 going to blow up. I can't afford another 900 bucks or another thousand bucks on my mortgage payment. You know, the kids won't be able to go to hockey, you know, you know, or whatever. So there's some very, very real pain uh, that, that, that people are feeling right now. And therefore that's creating a market for very, very comfortable solutions. And comfortable solutions can, can hide a lot of uh, problems. And you could even make the case that, you know, if you're feeling that much pain because of this happening, that maybe you're running too close to the edge anyway, uh, because, you know, the interest rates at five or six percent we're seeing right now are not obscene. Like if you look historically, it's actually a fairly normal interest rate that we've gotten back to. You can argue that, yes, the inflated amounts that were borrowed make this worse. Yeah, you can absolutely make that argument. But, you know, the fact that the interest rate environment changed to this point is not completely out of left field. Like, this is not just a, a complete, oh, my God, we've never seen this before. It's like, yeah, this is kind of more standard. So, you know, it, it should hopefully give people pause to say, well, how much slack do I have in my plan? Like, what other kind of events going forward? And it's, it's an opportunity for a reset. It's like, okay, maybe maybe my expectations on my last plan were unrealistic. Maybe I need, no, I need a new plan. Okay, are you going to learn from that? and come up with a new plan that is a little bit more realistic and don't treat it as a guarantee. You know, the, don't, don't treat your plan as, well, if I do everything right, this is how my plan's going to turn out. No, you, you, you can do everything right. And your plan's not going to turn out the way you expect it to. And that's doesn't necessarily have to be the fault of anybody, but this is a, a huge, in my opinion, if you have any kind of a, a serious amount of debt in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and, there's, and it can be serious two ways. You can be a 50-year-old who you're trying to get your mortgage paid off before you retire. So this is a really, really important thing, and you need to manage that because your choices would be to work longer, you know, change your lifestyle earlier, um, you know, or carry debt into retirement. Like all three of those things, that's a big deal. Like that, that's a different plan. That takes a different mindset. That takes some different execution. That can change whether TFSAs versus RSPs makes sense, that can change a lot of other things. Now, that's an important reality. Where you're 30 years old and your first mortgage is renewing, and you know it, it, cash flow is a, a much bigger deal, maybe you know because you got young kids and all the rest of it. So, so that's a different kind of tightness. So it really depends on where you are and what your life situation is as to you know all of the variables that go into it. I, I this is probably one of the more complex events that's really uh, impacted in my career the individual person's financial plan in a pretty short period of time like over the last two years the trajectory and everything has dramatically changed and it takes a lot of brain power to sit down and try to figure out okay what does this really mean to me what's sustainable because all of the the shortcuts you have in your head like all of the things that a lot of people have been been brought up conditioned to think are failing you now like you know, how much money you 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 owe matters now. Like you, it, it for many many people they've existed in low interest rate environments for so long that it's not it's never really been that painful. So they they, they don't have a frame of reference to even begin to conceive of this. And having an independent thought on all of these issues is exhausting. You know, trying trying to figure out what the new reality really is and then behave accordingly. 
And to try to do that without having solid financial advice and somebody in your corner and not somebody that just manufactured a new product to make you feel good about yourself uh, is, is more important than I've, I think I've ever seen it. Yeah. So a couple of things just coming back full circle to what we were talking about before. So, so one, this is material and we just ran a couple of quick numbers here before and said, well, if you were on a 1.8% five-year fixed rate mortgage before, and you're renewing at a 5% five-year fixed rate mortgage on a $500,000 mortgage, that's going to increase your monthly cost by $900 a month almost. That is material. We're talking about over $10,000 a year for people. Yep. That People don't have that money. A lot of people don't just have that money sitting around. So yep. so this this is, to your point, it's, 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 it's very noticeable and it's going to require some real serious thought into what do you do about it? So to, to me, there's, there's sort of just three options if you can put it at a really high level. You either spend less on other things and put more to, towards your mortgage. That's one option. You can either save less and put more towards your mortgage. Or we can do the wonderful extended amortization thing where you save the same amount, spend the same amount, and deal with it down the road, which likely means down the road, either spending less or saving more or working longer or delaying your other goals or priorities at some point. So that's kind of what you're faced with. And it, it, as with so many of these things, it doesn't need to be one or the other. So you, you can, you can do all these things and that might be the right approach for you, but this is where really understanding what the, what your priorities are is going to help you decide what to do with it. Well, one thing I always do when I'm talking to clients about goal setting, like you know, people will give you a list of goals, like, you know, we're going to buy a cottage and we're going to pay for the kids' education and I want to retire at 52. And, you know, so just to understand what the priorities are, I'll ask, it's like, okay, well, if you get a choice between either you educate the kids or you have to work to 57, which would you pick? Because that's what it comes down to. Like you can, you can oversimplify it a little bit because yeah, you're right, Josh, the answer is always a combination. But sometimes it helps to oversimplify just to see where your head is. So if you ask yourself that question, if I had a choice between this goal and working another five years, which would I pick? And it's, it's a bit of a helpful exercise for you to go through and kind of line things up in your own head as to what's really important. Because we ask people what they want. You know, what are your goals? And we treat it as if it's come down from the mountaintop on a stone tablet. When actually, if I ask you the same question six months later, you're going to give me a different answer. And we should just agree on that as human beings, that your priorities change, right? You know, the, the number of people I've watched become babbling fools the first time a grandkid shows up, like, it's almost guaranteed. Like, I've, I get people going into retirement and they get everything all laid out. And I said, I'm, I'm nodding my head up and down going, until your first grandkid shows up. Yeah, I've had people move across the country, you know, completely abandoned, you know, a lifelong dream of doing hot air ballooning because a grandkid showed up. You know, so the human condition does change that doesn't invalidate the conversation about what your current goals are because you need to be marketing in a direction but sometimes challenging yourself and saying if i had to make a change and these this is a change work more work less have goal don't have goal you can help in your own head begin to order things and understand things a little bit better because it, this is a very nebulous thing and again i'll go back to say it again this is not a simple equation this is not just about your mortgage this this will 
impact every other financial aspect that in, in your life. This is material enough that is going to move the needle. And you didn't do anything wrong. Like this, this is not a mistake that you made. It doesn't matter whether you did a fixed or a variable mortgage. Yeah, you can look back and do a calculation as to which one would have might have been better. But there was you you the decisions were made based on what was known at the time. And now we're waking up in a new reality. So you should behave differently. So it's not about I made a mistake and now I have to pay for it. The world has changed. Expectations have changed. Yes. Even if you had a fixed mortgage, it's now going to get more expensive. So the variable mortgage got more expensive quicker. You know, the other side may be true on the other side when interest rates start to come back down. It may be the other the other one wins for a while. So that that I don't I don't personally classify that as making a mistake. You know, it just didn't turn out. Um, so, but there is a new reality and you, you should behave differently. So, but do you think there's a, any more simple way to put this, Josh? Have we gone down all of the roads to. I I think there, there's one road that we haven't gone down and that's maybe turning around, doing a 180 and going back the way that you came. And when I say that metaphorically, what I'm really referring to is maybe you're not in the right home. Maybe you're not in the right. You said it out loud. I know I did. I had to. I had to. Un- un- unfortunately, look. I. I. I think. I think it needs to be said because I think this is a reality for some people. If If you look at these three forks that I laid out before, and you're like, "Well, I don't like that one. I can't do that one. I can't do number two, and I don't like number three. Being, you know, maybe I can't find anywhere to tighten my belt right now." Maybe I didn't have any savings to begin with, so I'm right up against the edge. And maybe I hate the idea of working longer. Well, guess what? You're going to need to reduce your debt payment somehow. And the way to do that was, would be downsizing, selling and, and renting, perhaps, um, finding a different place to live. Like the, I know these are more dramatic lifestyle changes, but the... Dramatic increase of interest rates has, I think, necessitated in some situations, some dramatic lifestyle changes at the same time, unfortunately. Well, well, and it's interesting because typically people would say, you know, if they're forced, like if there's absolutely no way to make it work and their house gets repossessed, they got to find it. Like they'll take it right to the edge because that's such a non-starter for them to voluntarily give up your home, right? Because to, to make a rational decision and say, well, here are the goals that I'm I'm, I'm chasing here's how important they are to me and to get down the list and go yep I, I can't afford this house if i want to be this person that takes a lot of gumption that takes a, and it, you look around you don't see a lot of people behaving that way but this is a change of a material enough nature that yeah maybe you do need to downsize and there's challenges with that you know there's not a lot of inventory on the market right now you you may be backed into a corner because you know you're not gonna be able to get as much enough out of the house to even pay off the mortgage so you know, it may or may not even be possible, but in the, 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 you know, in, in the effort to actually put everything on the table, yeah, I think that is a calculation that should be done. Even if you just do the cold, hard math and emotionally, you're going, oh, I would never do that. Okay, well, fine. Let's accept you'll never do it, but let's just do the math and see if that information changes the emotion. Now, it's not often, and Josh, I've said this too many times, don't, don't bring facts to an emotional conversation. But every once in a while, it's like, wow, those facts are so compelling that, yeah. And sometimes it's a matter of trying to make it real. Like just to dismiss it out of hand, I think doesn't do it justice to, well, you know what? Let's do a what if. Let's pull up 
realtor.ca and take a look at housing prices in different places. What would it look like if we had you know, a smaller house or a less expensive house? And play the game for a little while just to see if it catches your imagination because you may wake up and say, holy crap, I didn't know I could get that kind of property for that kind of price in that area. And I, and I could do X, Y, and Z and make that work. It could be that it's just never occurred to you. So that's the benefit of, of, of not you know, getting pigeonholed in a particular direction saying, that's a sacred cow. I can never sell this house. Uh, the other thing I watch people do is like, oh, I can't sell this house because this is where the kids were raised. Meanwhile, the kids are going, oh, my dad, you got to sell the house. Like, the, the kids, the, 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 that's way too much. Like, you guys are too far away. That's too much to handle. Like, I, I don't believe you guys are still there. See, the emotional attachment of one generation doesn't always get reflected in the next generation. And that's another family conversation that you need to bring body armor to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the kids might not want your 150-year-old China. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they do, just, but just, I'm just saying. Just Maybe throwing it out there. Just throwing out there's an idea, maybe something to consider. It's like, you know, the kids love the cottage. I hated the cottage. There was no Wi-Fi. <laughs> I didn't have my friends there. I had miserable times at the cottage, right? Yeah, my Snapchats were so delayed at the cottage, I couldn't even handle it. Oh, there you go, playing that millennial chip. So look, I, you know, is there any other roads that you can think we should go down, Josh? You know, I, I think that's it. I just, I, I guess I would revisit the thing where you said, you know, there's been no mistakes made here. I think if, if we can take anything away from this, not that it was a mistake, but take anything away, it's just give yourself a little bit more cushion than you think you might need. Give yourself some outs if something happens that's unexpected, because to your point, it's not totally shocking to see this, but even if you thought it was totally surprising, you, you want to, you want to build some type of contingency into your plan and to your into your future so that you're not right up against that edge if you can avoid it because then you get into a situation where we have to start talking about what does it look like if i sell the family home yeah well and the other thing i'll say is you know people do so much in the name of keeping up and the expectations of the family right so you know they they cause them such such immense financial stress in the name of maintaining a lifestyle that they think everybody wants but then they're on medication and they're miserable and they're cranky all the time. So, you know, one of the things I say to clients at the right time is that, hey, listen, the most important thing is to your kids is that they've got relaxed, happy, and content parents, you know, to drive yourself around the bend, chasing a whole bunch of things and taking away, you know, being cranky all the time and not being around all the time and chasing things isn't the path to long-term happiness, right? So the financial comfort in your world matters to everybody around you, much more so than any of the material things in your world. So it's difficult to get there, but financial comfort and therefore planning to allow for bumps and that don't completely discombobble you is a big deal. And don't try, it's very difficult because everybody gets caught on the wheel of trying to keep up. But try to get that part right. And, you know, going to a, a, a mortgage specialist to solve this problem is not going to give you the full solution that you're looking for. You know, this is one of those issues that transcends any individual discipline. It takes an approach that includes tax planning, goal planning priorities, and retirement planning, all of those various things. 
you're trading off between different types of investment accounts versus debt versus lifestyle choices. So this is one of those things that's bigger than you can really deal with with any one specialty. There you go. I think we finished it. Can't Thanks everybody for hanging out. That. Subscribe, like, give us suggestions for other things to talk about, and uh, we'll be back soon because Catherine makes us. Thanks, Colin. If you're breaking a sweat trying to figure out what your financial advisor is talking about, you're not getting the service you need. You probably hate trying to get an answer from them, but you also think moving your accounts will be a headache, and it might be. But working with DontRockTheBoatWealthPlanning.com or .ru isn't exactly stress-free, is it? Call us. We will demystify the world for you. Vericant Capital Management Inc. is a registered portfolio manager in all. Vericant Capital Management Inc. is a registered portfolio manager in all of Canada except Manitoba. So sorry, Manitoba. Nothing in this podcast should be considered as a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell a particular security. Statements made by the portfolio managers are intended to illustrate their approach and are meant for information and entertainment purposes only. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the portfolio manager only and do not necessarily reflect those of iPrivateWealth Inc. iPrivateWealth Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. iPrivateWealth is a trademark and business name under which iPrivateWealth Inc. operates. This should not be construed as legal, tax, or accounting advice. This podcast has been prepared for information purposes only. The tax information provided in this podcast is general in nature, and each client should consult with their own tax advisor, accountant, and lawyer before pursuing any strategy described herein, as each client's individual circumstances are unique. We've endeavored to ensure the accuracy of the information provided at the time that it was written. However, should the information in this podcast be incorrect or incomplete, or should the law or its interpretation change after the date of this document, the advice provided may be incorrect or inappropriate. There should be no expectation that the information will be updated, supplemented, or revised, whether as a result of new information, changing circumstances, future events, or otherwise. We are not responsible for errors contained in this podcast or to anyone who relies on the information contained in this podcast. Please consult your own legal and tax advisor.